welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In this week's episode, Adam's off to Blenheim Palace to check out their Christmas offering. Lloydie is heading to Nottingham's Winter Wonderland, and we're making festive wreaths with Meg. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Alright then, Adam, are you doing something awesome right now? Thanks, Bex. Yes, I am here at Blenheim Palace. I don't know if you can hear in the background some triumphant Christmas music. I'm looking at the front of the palace right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. There are lights all over it and two massive signs, one on either side. Blenheim Palace. You can't miss it. We're going to find out more about Blenheim Palace now and what they've got to offer for Christmas at Blenheim. Um, I'm Heather Carter. I'm the MD of the visitor attraction at Blenheim Palace. And what is Blenheim Palace? Ooh, Blenheim Palace is a huge historic palace, a monument, which was built for the, by the first Duke of Marlborough after winning the battles of Spanish succession. It's built as a monument to his success. And if it wasn't for him, the, the shape of Europe would be slightly different now and we'd be speaking a different language. And you have something very special happening right now. We've, we've had a, a bit of a walk around. Um, talk to me about, first of all, what's inside the palace right now. So inside the palace is just an amazing sparkling haven. It's the story of the Snow Queen and there's all sorts of things going on and you end up in the kingdom of the, of the Snow Queen. So there's a lot going on in the palace. I don't want to tell you all of it because it's a surprise for those who are coming to visit, but actually it's very magical. And one of the things I found fascinating just walking around was the way that it kind of blends some of the uh, historical, uh, kind of really significant items in your collection, I suppose, with Christmas. Yes, you you can still see Winston Churchill's toy soldiers and all sorts of paintings and artefacts and other things to see. So, you know, you can still come and get the feel of it being a historic palace, but actually it's fairyland within it. And you let slip, you've been working on this since January. You must be very happy that it's finally here and you can finally show people around it. Yes, I've been around it so many times in the last two days. So we start planning in January. So already thinking about next year's theme. Um, and um, we've got a really strong theme, but I can't tell you about it. Not yet. I'm not giving any secrets away. And this isn't the only thing that you've got at Blenheim Palace right now. There is also a light trail. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We've got a light trail in the gardens, which is about to open now, about 4.30 as it gets dark. And again, a bit of the snow theme theme creeps through the gardens, but it's magical lights, trees looking beautiful. We've got hidden penguins and uh, candy canes and all sorts of of lovely things. And it's very accessible, um, so great for all families to go and see. So not only can you do inside, you can do outside as well. And behind us, we have a market with lots of stalls and Christmas shopping and hot dogs and pancakes and lots of lovely things to eat and um, you know it's just it's just so much fun I think I'm gonna go and get a hot dog (laughs) (laughs) so we're just about to enter the kingdom of the snow queen there's a sign in front of us that says our story begins with an enchanted mirror it is a mirror which magnifies ugly and evil things but when the mirror is taken into the sky by the nasty hobgoblins to see what it will do to the angels it is shattered and the broken pieces start falling down to earth so we've made our way through to the library an absolutely massive room this is where the snow queen is there are dancing snowflakes on the ceilings and on the walls there are christmas trees sort of lining the entire library and obviously lots and lots and lots of books 
I'm walking into the palace right now and in front of me is the largest Christmas tree I've ever seen. It is decorated in white baubles and tinsel, there's feathers all over it, there's a wreath on the door. That's absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? Now you're probably used to seeing stars on top of your Christmas tree. What you're probably not used to seeing are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There's so many of them I can't even count. In the middle of a field, uh, slowly flickering to the sound of the music that you can hear. Whoa! Blue, green, yellow. So many different colours. And we've only just started the Christmas lights trail too. I'm told there is loads of stuff to actually look out for here and I cannot wait to see it all. Now I don't know if you can hear, but just above me a plane is coming into land. There is an airport really close by and I tell you what, they're getting quite the light show at the moment because the palace is shining lasers into the sky absolutely everywhere and we're just about to walk through a light tunnel that is absolutely covered in what must be thousands of tiny little LED bulbs and I've just spotted what's coming up as well the other side of that light tunnel it looks like something's on fire wow we are now emerging from the light trail back into the courtyard of the palace back towards the Christmas market but before we do an absolutely spectacular display above me it looks like the aurora borealis or the northern lights lots of twinkling bulbs and I have had an absolutely fantastic time here at Blenheim Palace Christmas at Blenheim Palace do check Blenheim Palace out go and get your tickets just search Blenheim Palace Adam. By the way, that is spelt B-L-E-N-H-E-I-M, just in case. Now, from there to Nottingham, Lloydie, uh, where are you? Hi, Bex. I'm at the Winter Wonderland in Nottingham's Old Market Square, where there's a huge Christmas tree, a big wheel, a sky skate track, and loads of different foods and things that you can buy as well. I'm talking to the guy who came up with the whole idea for this place, Edward Mellers, and I want to find out just what's so cool about it. What's so cool about it is, outside of being in the Alps, this doesn't exist. And actually skating over people's heads, looking down over the rooftops of the chalets below, over the Christmas crowds, is, is completely unique and magical. And so you're, instead of skating around a sort of an ice rink and you kind of just get bored of doing a circle, you've got this huge, huge perimeter. Um, and the kids love it. This ice rink is basically, it's, it's like a skating track, isn't it? So you go round and you can look at everything from the huge big wheel you've got here right the way through to all of the people like um, eating all, on all the different food stands. Well, every, every side has a different aspect. You know, here, here you're, you're skating through the big wheel. I mean, again, that, that's never been done, doesn't happen anywhere. You're skating around this amazing sort of log chalet that, again, would look like it belongs in the Alps, but here we are in Nottingham, beautiful Christmas tree. Every corner you turn, it opens something new. And you never quite get bored of seeing it. You, you, you always discover something on every turn. What do you think is one of the coolest discoveries a kid could make here? I actually think the toboggan slide. I think that, that's amazing for the kids. You can see, you, you haven't seen it, you see, there's a discovery for you. What? Um, there's a toboggan there's slide? A, there's a toboggan slide, yeah. But no, I, I, I just think the whole thing, I mean, the, the ambience that is created here is, is, is unique and special. Um, no matter what you're looking for, young, old, 
Yeah, it's, it's Christmas and it's magical. Lots of faces having a magical time today, including Harry. He's 10 here with his mum and he's just been on the sky skating track, haven't you? Well, the sky skating is very slippery and icy. It's quite a lot of things you can see. You can see like out across the city, you can see the, uh, the big wheels. When I was there and I saw so, so many people. Uh, what are you guys doing next? What's coming next? Um, oh, getting marshmallows, apparently. Oh, you've been instructed? <laughs> been instructed, yeah. I think we might do the big wheel, just waiting for his sister to come off, and then I think we'll do that. So. Oh, and someone else has just arrived here. Hello, what's your name? Jacob. Jacob, how old are you? Um, seven. And what do you think of the ice rink? It's new, it's good and stuff like that. You're going to be going on it? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. What have you got at the moment? Um, we just got some marshmallows. Are they good? Yes. I am going to have to get me some of those marshmallows. They are huge. They look amazing. So if you want to come here to Nottingham's Winter Wonderland, the nearest tram stop is the Old Market Square. That will get you right into the heart of the action. Thanks, Lloydie. All right, it's time to get crafty with Meg once more. She's in the Christmas craft corner, and it looks like there's quite a lot going on. In fact, earlier, I caught her cutting some branches off of the fun kids' Christmas tree and borrowing people's oranges from their lunchboxes. Um, is everything okay, Meg? What are you up to? Now, this is one of my favourite crafts. We're going to be making a Christmas wreath and making your very own dried orange slices. You can use an air fryer for this or an oven. And remember to have a responsible adult on hand to help you with this because we will be using an oven and a knife. Now, what you're going to need is parchment paper or baking paper. You're going to need a sharp knife and you're going to need a baking sheet and a paper towel, as well as, of course, our oranges. Now, I'm using big oranges, but you can use small oranges. I'm also using some limes because I like the colour limes. They go like a kind of dark, greeny brown, which I think will look super lovely on my wreath. You can also use blood oranges to get that red look, grapefruit if you want some bigger slices, lemons, basically any citrus fruit. So, first thing you want to do is get an adult to preheat the oven to 70 degrees or as low as your oven will go. The trick with this to dehydrate our oranges is going to be to make the oven really, really low heat. Then I'm cutting my fruit into quarter inch slices with a sharp knife. That's why it's really important that you have someone helping you because you do need to use a sharp knife. Then I'm going to line my baking sheet with parchment or baking paper. Um, you can use a wire rack as well if it's non-stick. And then I'm just going to pop all my oranges spaced apart about a centimetre onto my baking sheet. Then I'm going to just blot them with a little bit of J-cloth or paper towel to get rid of a bit of extra liquid. This will make the process a bit quicker. And then I'm going to bake them for two hours. I've got some just to come out of the oven now that have already been in for two hours. I'm just going to flip them and put them back in the oven for another two hours. It's a lot of hours in the oven, a lot of waiting patiently. Once you've done that, you can have all these orange slices. Now, the amazing things about these dried orange slices is that I made these two years ago and I pop them back in my Christmas box every year and they are still completely fine. As long as they don't get wet, they will last for years and years and years. So, once you've got all your dehydrated orange slices, it might take four hours. There are lots of things you can do with them. You can poke a hole and put some string through it and then hang them on the tree. I've got quite a lot of them on my Christmas tree that I made last year. Um, or you can make a wreath, which is what I'm going to do today. 
I basically created a big circle with some garden wire and then I'm going to start to tie things onto this circle of garden wire. I've taken some cuttings from my Christmas tree. I basically just cut off some of the branches into small pieces um, on a bit that you can't see so it doesn't matter that I've kind of damaged my Christmas tree. I'm tying that on with some of the wire to kind of create the basis of the wreath. And then you can tie on your oranges, you can tie on a bit of ribbon. I've also got my lines that I dehydrated. So you've got this lovely fir tree part from the Christmas tree with oranges and limes all around. I'm also gonna stick in some holly, which is quite spiky. I just spiked myself, so do be careful if you're using holly. And looping that all around the wreath. Now, I've only done a little bit here. It takes a long time. It'll probably take you a good hour, I think, to make the most beautiful wreath, but then you can hang it on the door and it looks so festive. Um, Bex, do you reckon you can give me a hand with this one? Um, I think I could do your artistic expertise. Oh, I think we could do with another orange in there. Hmm. Thanks, Meg. So remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time you fancy. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. And this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. It was produced by Adam Stoner, with editing by Meg Long and additional editing from Lloydie James Lloyd. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play fun kids every weekday from 4pm. Yeah.